Hey, it's Arrow. I think one of the things that makes this out so special and such an experience is that people don't hide their pride when it comes to sharing food. Walking into the studio in a matter of seconds is going to be the head chef at Gallery Restaurant at Valentine Resort. What I love most about David Moore is his drive to stay connected to our community of local farmers. Alongside Gallery at Ballantine Resort, they have created a local connection that has become a memorable experience. Not just for local people, but for visitors that travel from around the world. I'm so excited that David's going to be here. Charlotte Restaurant Week, Queen's Feast. Over 100 fine dining establishments. Three courses or more, just $30 per person. Make reservations, charlotterestaurantweek.com. Charlotte Restaurant Week, January 17 to 26. We are unplugged and totally uncut with the Chef de Cuisine at Gallery Restaurant, Charlotte's only Forbes four-star recognized restaurant. A gentleman that oversees the daily culinary operation of Gallery Restaurant, as well as the a la carte food service operations throughout the Ballantine Hotel and Lodge. David works with the culinary team to ensure the highest level of quality and consistency and provides creative ideas for seasonal menus. And the one thing David has always pointed out is that the Carolinas still have all four seasons. I'm very pleased to introduce to you David Moore. You're a rock star. <laughs> chef. <laughs> a rock chef. Chef. Yeah. Rock chef. That'd be a great show on TV, a rock chef. They may have that, man. There's so many culinary shows right now, it's hard to keep up. How does that make you feel? Does that put the pressure on you? Well, not necessarily. You know, we just kind of do our own thing, and then we wait and see what other people think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's a critic these days, so. (laughs) Even you. I I would think that you you couldn't walk into any restaurant without going, I don't know about this. Well, it's it's more important to critique yourself. Really? Yeah. See, because in radio, they tell us not to do that. Yeah. Not to critique ourselves, because all of a sudden we become a perfectionist. Do you find yourself being a perfectionist? Well, you kind of have to. You strive for perfection. But right. if you're not your own worst critic, then, you know, who else is going to drive you? Mm-hmm. Now, does that come from your college days or does that does that come from you, you have always been this way? Pretty much always been this way. College was more focused around literature and creative writing and journalism and stuff like that. And then culinary was just totally separate. Now, when you went to the Methodist College, do, do, do you and I'm going to get spiritual on you here. Sure. When, when you create your incredible dishes over there at the Ballantine Resort, you doing it for God? No, I'm not. I'm doing it for myself and my family and my friends. <laughs> and for your friends. Yeah, like, so then you, you know what? And, really and another it. thing, I'm never going to lie to you. Either, man, so. <laughs> but you, so then you really enjoy what you're doing then. You like to to share. I've always thought that it's like because when, when you when you paint a, on a canvas, you a lot of people don't like to share their artwork. You literally just told me that you like to share your artwork. Uh, we have no secrets, and we put our entire selves into each plate that we prepare. That's, that's scary. That's though, that's that's, that's the whole focus, you know. Wow. Now the Ballantine Resort. You're at the gallery. Correct. I've been there. It's unforgettable. You you don't want to leave, and and I've always blamed you guys for that because when when you're coming out of your room. And you take that long walk down the hallway to get to the gallery. It it's almost like it, it's a journey, but it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. You got some building anticipation going on there. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. And then when it leads up to the dessert and stuff like that, I mean, there, what what is the psychology behind all that? Or is it just 
this part is is there a timing to being the right place at the right time as far as finishing with something sweet or just the whole meal in general as for you're as you're going through it for your guests well there's absolutely something that plays into that and especially from the service side on our end of things because we are four star forbes and those service attributes that come along with gaining and retaining those four stars that's absolutely massive so you've got somebody standing there that's basically like catering to every whim and want that you have you know they're taking care of you they're focusing on you they're making sure you've got absolutely everything you need they're talking to you about your dietary restrictions and your wants your dislikes things like that as far as the food goes are you a vegetarian are you vegan are you gluten-free what's going on with your meal you know it's it's really important that we get all the details and then we try to play that song so you really get involved with your guest's life then absolutely how where does that come from um, it, it's kind of taught, you know, when I've been cooking for 17 years since just after I turned 15 years old. And that's been something that's been preached in the restaurant industry the entire time I've come up. And it's something that I kind of preach to my guys, you know. How old are you? You look like you're like 16 I'm 30, now. I'm 30. I'm 32. I'm 32. Wow. I told him I was quite impressed. Quite impressed. Mm-hmm. Because I had the impression that maybe you were more... An older gentleman, so to speak. But to see you, yeah, and, oh. and, and, and all the years you had behind you since you were 15. Mm-hmm. So were you like that guy in the kitchen cooking up dinner or creating these fabulous recipes to share with your family? Do I cook at home is what you're asking? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we're, our hours are fairly long, and I'm in the kitchen a lot at work. Um, when I get home, sometimes I just want to, you know, sit on the couch and relax for a second. But when I get the opportunity to cook for family or to cook for my wife's family, anything like that, then I'm game. You know, I want to put as much detail and focus and love into that food as I would for anything that I do at the restaurant, maybe even more so. So it truly so. is your art. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, the Food Channel and Hell's Kitchen and stuff like that has has kind of painted the image of a chef being evil almost. Mm-hmm. Very particular. Is it really that way? Um, very particular, yes. Evil, some people. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity to, and it's still an opportunity even though they are fairly evil chefs, but I've worked for people like that before. Okay. Uh, for the Gordon Ramsays and things, you know, I've, those guys, that attitude is, is in the kitchen. It happens a lot, and it's just because of the amount of pressure that you're put under. Um, regardless of how much of a evil person you are, uh, you still have to be meticulous. You have to be focused. You have to prepare everything in order and work off of lists. That's just the way it goes. And timing has to be perfect, doesn't it? Yeah, and some people fold under that pressure, and that's where the attitude or the bad attitude comes from. Well, how do you, how do you deal with, because I know in this industry, if, if I demand perfection, they tell me I'm the one that's being bad. How do you deal with HR? How do I deal with HR? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we try to steer clear of things like that as much as we possibly can. Because <laughs> I demand perfection too, but I don't get it. Yeah, well, uh, demanding perfection and striving per- for perfection are two totally different things. Explain. And, well, we expect excellence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's something that's in our culture. It's in our brand. And it's something that we do on a daily basis. So, honestly, we're kind of used to it. So that excellence is always going to be kind of the center vein that runs through everything. Perfection is, in my mind, unobtainable. Mm-hmm. So it's something we strive for. We don't expect it. As, as a, a chef, as managing people, how do you deal, and I know you've got to deal with ego. What, what do you do with ego in the kitchen? 
Um, it's good to a certain extent. Okay. Um, you want pride, mm-hmm. um, which is reflected in ego. Uh, you want to see that. You want to see people say, that's me on a plate, you know, or that's my mise en place. This is my station. I own it. You know, you want to see that that type of ego, but you don't want it to be so pervasive that it affects their work ethics or something else that they're doing in the kitchen, or it affects the standards that you've already put in place on the food. Now, being Forbes four-star, Valentine Resort, South Charlotte off 485, do you still get excited about creating dishes? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, we get a lot of that drive from Starwood. There's internal competitions from them as a company that ask us to create as chefs. Uh, we go that direction. We also we run specials on a daily basis. We work with local farmers to. They ask us about what seed they want to see. We want to see planted. Um, that actually just happened because they're looking at what summer crops are coming up. So they're saying, "Hey, what do you want in the fields? What do you want coming out of the fields in June, July, August? That type of thing." So we can create on that level, that far out, and plan that far ahead. And then we can just walk into the restaurant and throw a bunch of ingredients together and create a single plate. That inspires me that you're using local farmers. Carolina is, I mean, it's, it's, is, is a special place on earth. Mm-hmm. And, and when you use local farmers, that, that, became, that makes you com- community driven. Is, does that come from your South Carolina roots? Oh, um, a lot of it does. And I kind of, I grew up, my grandparents, I lived with them for a long time and they actually owned a lot that was directly behind their house and we had a garden there. Um, so I kind of grew up like, you know, picking vegetables and learning how to respect those vegetables. And that's something that's very important to me. So probably a lot of that ended up uh, kind of shaping who I am as a chef and driving me to pursue local ingredients and meet local farmers and take my guys out to local farms and that sort of thing. You know? So you're the type of guy that up in Montana, we would we would go into the potato farms and I, I'd eat the potato out of the ground. Sure. Oh, my God. Is that that's is it still the freshest? Well, are you ever going to find a better potato <laughs> eating it straight out of the ground like that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or walking through a field and, and picking a fresh hot chili off of the plant and eating it. Is that ever going to be more intense and potent and sweet and like warm from the sun, you know, that's what you're that's what you're looking for. Do you ever walk through a forest and see a plant that you don't know about and taste it? Do you have the guts to taste something that you don't know about? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I was a Boy Scout as well. I'm an Eagle Scout. So I've got a little bit of background in like edible vegetation and plants and things like that. So most things that I can that I see, at least on the East Coast, I can identify. Yeah. Um, but uh, if it's something that I know might be poisonous, I'm probably not just going to taste it straight straight out of the forest. You know, you've got to explain to us what what you have brought here now you said that it was local um yeah i I wanted to bring something that would kind of hang out in the studio for for the rest of the day i didn't really want to bring hot food and yeah i didn't i didn't want to bring hot food and just have it expire on us instantaneously um so i made a little cheese and charcuterie platter for you guys um so you can get the lid off of it there sound effects Oh, smells fabulous. So every Oh my goodness. Holy cow. So everything on here is hundred percent local. Um you've got a local cameo apple. These are just cut into little batonets, and I did a real quick pickle on them. Um I believe those are from Ben Lynch Orchard in Mill Spring, North Carolina. I'm pretty sure that's where they came from, but I could be wrong about that. So we just did a real quick pickle so they got a little bit of vinegar to them, a little bit of acidity. Um you've got three types of charcuterie. These are all from San Giuseppe Company. Um, Greensboro, I, I believe. Uh, this is their Vesuvio, their Salami Classico. Um, there's a Johnston County shaved prosciutto-style ham on there as well. Um, you've got a couple of different cheeses, and these from are from all over North Carolina. The one that's right here in the center uh, is Calvander. That's from Chapel Hill Creamery, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 
Uh, this is a Sandy Creek goat cheese that has a little bit of vegetable, blue vegetable ash vein, that's like running running through the center of it. Uh, that's Goat Lady Dairy, Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, the one that's on the side over here, that's a monastery-style cheese. It's called Hickory Grove. That's from Chapel Hill as well. And then you've got a Carolina, Carolina Moon that's like a Brie-style cheese, and that is Looking Glass Creamery out of Asheville, North Carolina. They're actually in Fairview. They're like right next to Asheville, but pretty close. And then the lavash bread that's on there, I made. So that came from the Which hotel. Which is Carolina move. I, yeah. I, I got I to gotta think like a businessman here now. Dude, there's so much localism here that it, we are a society that depends on outside cities, outside this country to keep us going. Mm-hmm. How can you be so local? It, it, it's, it's almost like, wow, people don't be they're, – they're not local anymore. And yet here you guys are at the Ballantyne Resort, the gallery, you – support local farmers you you support local 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 that 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 blows me away yeah well it's something that we've been trying to build um for the last four and a half years or so at the hotel and we pay very close attention to what product we're able to get and we try to highlight those things on the menu um we are in a zone eight agricultural area so we can pretty much grow anything that we want to grow um but we're still have we have four solid seasons so like this time of year right now Vegetable-wise, there's almost nothing coming out of the fields. Um, maybe a couple of hardy greens, some kales, some arugulas, things like that. Um, other people are growing in greenhouses, but their yields are super low, so they can't provide to a restaurant that has our capacity and does our numbers on a regular basis. As soon as we hit early spring, stuff starts coming out of the fields again. It's crop time, and we're, we're full on, man. We're looking for that product. We're featuring that product, and we want it. The thing about what that we have built right now is that they know we want it now. They're not just coming to the back door and saying, hey, can you use some of this stuff? They're bringing me cases and cases of product, and we're able to utilize it. It's It's, fantastic. It's it's, uh, Because growing up in Montana, we're we're the farm fields. We had a ranch down in Ranchester, Wyoming. You know, I always thought the farmer died off, but you're 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 proving to me that the farmer is still very much alive here in the Carolinas. Yeah, and there's a I mean there's a huge movement backing all of that up. I mean, slow foods has a lot to do with it, but local farms in general are not just developing CSAs and partnering partnering with restaurants. Um, they're using that to boost the community communities, and it's a huge boon to Cabarrus County and Polk County and just all the surrounding areas like Rutherford stuff like that. There's small family farms just popping up everywhere. That's awesome. That is amazing. When you're, when you're back in the kitchen, what kind of music you got going on? All, all kinds, all kinds. But during service, no music. Okay. Yeah. Really? So yeah. while you're doing the actual, the the big the big moments happening, there's you're back there in just silence, or just, or the, the clicking of the pans and stuff has got. There music is to you. there is so much noise going on in that kitchen. There's me calling tickets. My guys calling those tickets back to me. There's pots and pans clinking. There's stuff being sautéed in hot oil. I mean, there's just a ton of noise. It's never silent. One of my favorite noises in the kitchen, though, is walking in very early in the morning, turning the ovens on and being there by myself and just having, like, that low drone of white noise in the kitchen and just listening to that and no music. Now, at Ballantyne Resort, it's got to be more than just steaks. What What is it that, that you see that people are... Are ordering or would like to make a part of their their special moment at Ballantine Resort. You know what we've we've seen more recently is that people seem like they're becoming more adept to finding ingredients that they haven't experienced before. They're getting a little bit more adventurous in their in their dining habits, and I love that. 
um, because it forces me to be more creative in what I'm deciding to put on the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that in steak cuts like uh, like hanger and ribeye cap steak and things like that that people have never had before, but they're they're wanting to try and they're willing to try and they're really not that expensive either, which is great, you know, because we can offer them. We can put maybe even a little bit more elegant ingredient along with it, like pair it with truffles or something and kind of enhance it and show them what it's really capable of, like what, what this ingredient can actually do. Mm-hmm. That's great for us. But, yeah, in general, I think people are becoming more adventurous. Are, are people, especially here in the South, are they becoming more open to the fact that when it comes to serving dinner, that large portion isn't the, the, the you know, for, for a chef like you, it's got to be perfectly designed out. But we're so used to just big old plates full of food from, from the, the buffet. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with those people that walk in there and go, this is it? I, I, I hate the idea that a meal should be on a single plate. Um, in my style of dining, if I go out to eat, I like tapas, for, for lack of a better word. I like having just a ton of little tiny small plates and all kinds of different flavors and textures going on and things like that. You just slop a bunch of food on a plate and expect it all to go well together and fill you up and then you're done. That, it makes no sense to me. Do you think we're sloppy eaters? Um, no, I don't think we're sloppy eaters. I think I think it's it's becoming more refined. Uh, I think people just don't necessarily pay attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to what they're and the, take the purpose of going out and eating a meal or dining out somewhere is to enjoy yourself. Is to go into a restaurant, sit down, take your time, maybe eat a couple of courses, finish sweet, enjoy the dessert, and then you know get up and go back home. You're there to. Have a good time to enjoy yourself so you're not just battling through the meal very quickly. I think where it gets lost is where people eat very quickly, um, go out for lunch, just chow down, and then go right back to the job. That's where it gets lost, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, with Charlotte Restaurant Week, you're going to get the opportunity to be in front of a lot of new people. What, what kind of thing do you do to prepare for that? The preparation for Restaurant Week for us is, is very similar to what we would do for like a large holiday party. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we're going to see a lot of guests. Um, we know that we've got a limited menu, and we can kind of plan for what they're going to eat and what they're going to see. Uh, the biggest thing for us is trying to feature some classics or some favorites as far as proteins go that we know people are going to enjoy and that they're going to want without maybe sub- making substitutions on the menu and things like that. So we take some things that we've been doing at Gallery for a long time. Uh, gallery favorites internally as well as externally, uh, and we throw them on the menu and see how we go. Mm-hmm. What about when when people go to upscale Forbes four restaurants, it seems like they want to dive into the wine first. Mm-hmm. I, I I've never been comfortable doing wine first because I think it spoils my dinner. How, how do you feel about something like that? I'm I'm more of a Scotch drinker than okay. than really anything else. And I actually we do a Scotch society at the hotel, and I pair um, amuse bouche or appetizer sized dishes with individual bottles of Scotch. Um, so I like to think that I understand spirit pairings fairly well, and wine kind of comes along with that. Um, I, I would never shoot somebody down for pairing or choosing a wine initially when they come into the restaurant and saying, hey, I want to have this great bottle and then move the food around that for me. Um, that's fine. you know. Uh, same thing goes for a bottle of scotch or maybe even a nice local beer or something like that. They're like, hey, I want to start with this. This is my choice. Make the food match it. You know, that's great. If you were to walk into the restaurant, the gallery at at Ballantine Resort, and you were also the chef, how would you go up to you and talk to you? How would I approach me? Yes. 
Um, basically, there's there's an understanding among chefs, and I think we can kind of it's almost like military people, like we can spot each other from across the room, you know, because um, you you see you see the little you see the little burns and scars on each other's hands, and you see the 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 big chunk of yellow skin at the base of your index finger where you've got a callus from holding a knife all day long, you know, and you can feel it when you shake their hand and that kind of stuff. So it's just it's just a common greeting. It's just hey, hello, how you doing, you know. You probably need some caffeine, that kind of thing. But yeah, just a just a straight up hello. Do you crank up the southern charm when you've got a northerner that comes into town? Um, you know, we we actually have a very uh, eclectic, very transient business uh, clientele that comes through the hotel. So we get people from all over the world um, and northern as well. Uh, so for us, it's just kind of every day, run of the mill. The greetings are the same uh, at the hotel. I like to think that we are uh, that we back up that that southern charm. Mm-hmm. You know, and we shoot for that, and we try to have that type of ambiance going on there. Do you in 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 the the because we all know multitudes of fame have walked through those hallways at Ballantine Resort. Has there ever been a moment where you needed to add a little bit more of your signature to a presentation that you go, "I want them to talk about me a week from now"? Have you ever done anything like that? Uh, we do that on a consistent basis. Um, we're, we're not really allowed to, I mean, we don't have a lot of guest contact from the kitchen and end of things. Um, but special requests come through constantly. We don't always know who we're cooking for. Um, but we know that that extra care, that that special little touch has to be there and we want our style to reflect that. So anything that we can possibly do, especially featuring local ingredients that they might want to come back and try again, uh, is huge for us. Mm -hmm. And we do it on a daily basis. What's your reaction when you get a, a letter from somebody that that says and everything at the gallery was perfect. Do you do the giggle like a little child, or do you do you just do you just kind of go, we did it? There's a massive sense of gratification that comes along with getting small notes like that, or congratulations, or a pat on the back. Um, not just from uh, special guests or VIPs or SVIPs or anything like that. It can just be a you know a local that comes in a couple of times a week, maybe has the same dish over and over again, and they're like, "Hey, Dave, can you come out of the restaurant? I just want to shake your hand." Yeah. That stuff is great. It's an instant sense of gratification. Um, guest letters we'll take, we'll print them out, we'll hang them up in the kitchen, we'll let the guys look at them, things like that. You know, it, it drives motivation. Without teamwork, what do you have in that kitchen? Mm, nothing, zero. Uh, you're talking about a, a very intense environment. You're talking about open flame, hot grease. Uh, long hours, and a bunch of guys and girls all working right next to each other, elbow to elbow, for 8 to 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. If you don't have teamwork, you're not listening to each other, you're not working fluidly as a team, then you might as well pack your knives and go home, you know? Has anybody ever approached you to appear on a TV show? Um, yeah, well, after we did some of the local competitions, uh, which was Fire in the City most recently with Jimmy Crippen and his crew, um, we got an offer to do uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. With the Food Network. How does that make you feel as an executive chef, given the, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it, the layout of this cutthroat kitchen? Well, you know, there's a lot of culinary shows out there. Um, And if you are starting, I guess, to be contacted by people like that, and you've got to really pay attention to how you're going to represent yourself. Uh, So you've got to look at, you know, how the shows are representing the chefs that they've already got on there and what exactly they're doing. Are you showing your true technique and your true style and what you're really capable of? Are you just going on there to play some kind of game? It's interesting you bring that up because we've had a lot of national comedians that come in here that have been on Last Comic Standing. And I would ask them, 
that had to be great where you could display your jokes. And they would look around the room and go, what jokes? They decided what jokes I was going to say. So would they have done the same thing to you? You know, and I haven't worked with the Food Network yet. I may in the future. Who knows? You know, it could be anybody's guess. Um, but you you have to really pick and choose how you're going to be represented. And it's tough to control that in the media, you know. Um, I hope that, you know, today I've got a true representation of myself coming across on the air. Uh, if I did that show, who knows how I would be represented. They can cut, edit anything they want. They can have you. We brought up uh, cooking a piece of food with an iron or something like that, you know. Am I going to do that in my kitchen? Absolutely not. Would I do that on the air? Who knows? Being from South Carolina, did, did you start off in barbecue? Um, it, it was always happening in the family. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was always around. Uh, deer hash and that kind of thing, pork barbecue, all kinds of stuff. So, what about mincemeat pie? Yeah, mince, oh mincemeat pie. Oh my god, I finally found mincemeat, somebody. Mincemeat pie. We're from pie. the West Coast. Okay. Yeah, so when we came to the South, mincemeat pie. What's that? Liver mush. I never knew about mincemeat pie. Uh, we would do like uh, small Scotch beef pies that are like pasties, kind of you know, and stuff like that. So there was, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So you know that there's new people coming for Restaurant Week. There's a lot of people that fear the gallery at Ballantyne because it's Ballantyne Resort. Mm -hmm. How can we invite more people in to see you and that, guys, it's just an incredible place to enjoy and experience. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of the name. Yeah, total misnomer there. It's uh, Being afraid of the name for me is, I mean, like you should just be able to walk into anywhere. I think bottom line is at Gallery Restaurant, you're, if you come there and you see us for Restaurant Week or not for Restaurant Week, what you're going to be getting is um, meticulously created cuisine uh, prepared by meticulous and passionate chefs uh, at a brand new, newly renovated, exquisitely renovated restaurant, all wrapped in that four-star service, you know? And it is the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Good luck, man, for Charlotte Restaurant Week. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you.